the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back, everybody. The, uh, it's been crazy just the past few weeks. and Oh, people are... <laughs> upset about financial markets and it's funny the um, the economy hasn't really slowed down that much technically there have been two quarters where gdp had come in lower than a quarter compared to a year before that which is a technical definition of a uh, recession but hasn't been really badly bad though so anyway you've got a, a an economy that has been slowing down and you know, I, I'm amazed that it hasn't been a lot slower than it is. I mean, when you think about it, you've got a pandemic that we're still not through with, and you've got a war going on in in Europe. It, it's a big deal, and I just I just can't believe it's not any worse than it is. And so, it just I'm very pleased. Um, Short term fixed income doing very well. The uh, interest rates. Going up, I'm not sure where that's going to top out. I, actually, nobody is, but I can tell you that uh, you know it's if you've got short-term bond funds, it makes big difference. You, if you're holding on to longer-term bonds, wow, that's been really tough. If you've got fixed-indexed annuities, the indexed portion of it hasn't been doing all that well. Of course, you can't lose a lot of money in there because they um, have a fixed component to it. And the fixed component is the minimum return that you can get in most of those products. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But right now, getting stuff that, that's got guarantees, anything that's got a guarantee to it. Um, and the guarantees, by the way, are not the same for every product. Yeah, I'm reminded about that. Every time I start to buy some bonds... I look at the bond market and normally I don't like to go into um, uh, 
Uh, I don't like to buy bonds from publicly traded companies. I used to when I was young. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. And quite frankly, the difference in, in income that you're going to get, it's not worth it. It's not worth taking the risk. You might as well buy a CD or a treasury, uh, get slightly lower interest rates, but you've got a whole lot more safety. And it's kind of a big deal. And did you know that you can actually buy and sell CDs from banks all across the country at most financial firms now? So they're literally buying CDs from one another and putting them on a secondary market and you can go in and buy them. So I think that's, that's pretty interesting. We've been, we look at it every day. Whenever we're going to buy some bonds for one of our clients, we look at the treasury market. We look at the CD market, all the various interest rates on what's available across the country. And, and they change every day. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, not huge changes, but you know, 10 basis points here, 20 basis points sometimes. And um, it's fascinating to see what money moving throughout financial systems can do to price levels. But uh, but anyway, keeping that stuff relatively short right now. If you're looking at um, and if you're looking at your holdings, you're you're wondering where you should be. If you're one of my clients and I haven't gotten to you yet, call me. I'll be glad to talk to you about it. But uh, I'd be holding probably forty or fifty percent of my money right now. And again, this depends on your time horizon, you know, what kind of financial situation you're in. But most people, I think somewhere between minimally 30% in fixed income. And then I would have at least uh, somewhere between 70 and 50% into diversified stock portfolios. That's kind of a big deal. And diversification thing, by the way, is just, it's so important. It, it is so important. And when I was younger, I, I really, you know, things were different then. Um, stocks weren't quite as fast as they are today. So you didn't have to have the same reaction time that you used to, uh, we, today that you would had to have back then. It was a lot slower. And so today, I mean, it, it's mind-boggling. And a big part of it, I know what it is. Back, you know, 10 years ago, there were less than half as many exchange-traded funds as there are today. And there were probably, there were a quarter as many that had a billion dollars in them. So think about that for a second. You've got a ton of money that's come into markets that's being run by computers. And computers don't care. And computers just buy and sell based on the, they call it an algorithm. That's the um, mathematical formula that they use to, to determine which stocks are going to buy and which ones are going to sell. So they just respond to orders that are coming in from individuals through their 401ks, through their IRAs, through their regular brokerage accounts. When the orders come in and change the value of a company, they have to make adjustments to that automatically. So it's really fascinating. And you see a lot more uh, random movement. You know, what caused that? Who knows? What do you mean? You, you don't know that? Nope. No, neither does anybody else, by the way. It, it's really rendered shows like, oh, I wouldn't say they don't have any value, but CNBC, I remember in the late nineties, people were glued to that. It was hilarious. They, uh, they would be calling in and trying to trade and most of them not doing that well, <laughs> by the way, they still, it's, by the way, that's when it was easy <laughs> and to, to be a short intermediate term trader today. And you're, you're competing with people who are 
measuring the speed, their execution speeds in milliseconds, that's one millionth of a second. That's how they're measuring the speed <laughs> of their execution. And uh, so, and thankfully, there aren't too many people doing that anymore. As the vast majority of them either lost all their money or lost so much of their money that they stopped. And that's a good thing. Uh, you can still trade. I mean, I would always try to be a long-term trader if you're going to trade. Um, but I think using a good viable strategy and just sticking to your strategy, whether it's individual stocks, whether you're doing exchange traded funds, if you can write it down and it doesn't have to be that complicated, actually the less complicated it is, the better off you have a tendency to be, but, uh, making it too complicated. I think you, you know, you won't be able to execute it. Um, and realistically it could be something like, okay, I'm going to take companies that have better than 10% return on equity okay, and who have less than 20% debt to equity. Now, if you don't know what those mean, don't worry about it. Okay. Cause I just described a very popular portion of a formula for about 12 ETFs out there. They use those same numbers. The fact that you know what they are and then can read it. That's a good thing. Uh, you can understand why they're doing that. In other words, that's a profitable company. 10% return on equity is considered pretty profitable, especially when that's a minimum. Okay. And the, um, so when they're using that inside the formula, they're going to eliminate all those companies who are not earning profits or at least, yeah, aren't earning profits, uh, especially on the money that's, that they've invested in the company. That's the equity portion. The, the debt portion, uh, when you say something like, well, I only want a uh, uh, less than one times uh, debt, that means that the assets that they have could cover the debt one time. And a lot of companies are not like that, by the way. There are tons of big companies who have more debt than they do in assets. Let's well, going to eliminate those. And I'm not going to name some really popular ones because I don't want you to get upset for the rest of the weekend. Um, that is a, uh, you're probably not overweighted in them anyway. And, <laughs> and it's okay if they're part of a fund because they don't just stop there. Incidentally, normally there's four or five criteria that they have to meet. And then you just have to give it time. And it's the same thing I've been doing in my entire career, come up with a relatively simple plan and then execute that plan. And these types of funds make it a lot easier, but you could do it with stocks. Absolutely. And there are, are a ton of things that, that work well out there. If you give it enough time I see that that's a big problem is giving it enough time. Most, well, not most, a large portion of the population thinks that somewhere somebody can predict what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months or even the next 18 to 24 months. They'll say, Oh, well, I'll give you a break. Really? <laughs> that's giving me, that's like saying, okay, I won't hold your feet to the fire. You don't have to pick the winner of the Super Bowl. Just tell me who the top three teams are in the NFL this year. Three teams with the best records. Well, let me tell you something. If you get that right, it's not going to be because of your skill. <laughs> it's going to be luck. And you know what the problem with luck is? 
eventually it runs out. <laughs> you don't want to be investing that way, I promise. That, that's not how you want to go about that. So, but if, if you had a, uh, um, if you could see all the data, see what the teams, you know, if, if one team's full of 50 year olds, which is probably never going to happen, actually won't ever happen. Uh, I would definitely, that's, that's a criteria in that sport. I would say, you know, the odds are against these guys, so I can at least push those guys out. <laughs> and uh, that, that would help. It, it wouldn't solve the problem. But uh, anyway, what, that's what you do with investing. You say, well, what are, the, what are the stocks that are most likely to collapse you know, somewhere in the next couple of years? Well, how do you know they're going to collapse? Well, if, you, if you're not earning a profit and you don't have any sales, and you're burning through your cash and your cash is about to run out. Okay. That's not one of those. I don't care how high that stock goes in the next six months. That's not a good formula for long-term success. You're not an investor there. You are a gambler because the odds are against you and you're playing anyway. That's what a gambler is. That's why they call them gambler. The people that go to uh, Las Vegas, they're gamblers. Because the odds are against them, and they're playing anyway. <laughs> I, I just don't, I really can't. And you shouldn't be looking at that. And when you come into your retirement, and, and I know this is probably turning a lot of people who are relatively conservative off, uh, but I see it all the time. And, and it has a tendency to creep into the mindset of somebody who's really conservative. They, they still don't understand that, you know, it's all math. They're numbers. There's a reason that Microsoft is as big as it is. They're, they've had real sales, real profit margins, and they've been around for a long time. Now, is it a great stock to own today? I haven't looked at Microsoft in years. So I have no idea why. Because it's in several of the funds that I own. You know, I don't have to look at that stock. And by the way, those funds are managing that position. It gets, uh, starts to go down, they'll start to sell it. Starts to go up, they'll start to pick it back up again. Not my favorite way to buy them, but that's okay. In the long run, it, it's worked very well. I understand the process and I'm comfortable with it. Incidentally, if you are super comfortable investing in the stock market, it's A, either because you don't know any better <laughs> or B, because you do and you're not prone to panic and you're going to stick it out when, uh, when you have to, every single strategy, all the good strategies have long time periods where they don't do well. They all have long time periods where they don't do well. And uh, you've got to know that because when you're going to be investing though, everybody wants to go into the things that have just gone up the most and they say, Oh no, 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 I'm conservative. Well, then why are you picking this stock or why are you picking this fund? Well, because look how good it's done. Do you know anything behind it? You know, there are lots and lots of stocks that go up a lot and then turn around and, and go away. So if, if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, things like sales, profit margins, how long have they been around? What kind of product do they make? And you really don't know enough to be investing in that stock. And you, you really should look at professional management, either through funds uh, or people like myself. You know, we'll, we'll do the homework and that's, that's actually where we earn our money is doing that homework. And let me tell you something, it's still not comfortable for us. 
even when you know what you're doing, it's still not comfortable because you know sooner or later, market's going to go down and you're going to have to stick it out. And you're going to have to watch. You're going to have to make sure that everything's still running the way it should be. And today, that quite frankly, it's a little bit easier today, especially when you have regular uh, exchange-traded funds or um, specific types of indexes. There are index funds out there, too, that I think are, are wonderful for an average investor. Various types of them. And uh, so... We've been talking a lot about investing today. By the way, I am actually live today in the studio. So if you wanted to call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And what I wanted to, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just talking about um, simple planning. That That's one of my uh, pet peeves. The older that I get, the more it, it kind of bothers me to hear a lot of stuff. Even my own conversations sometimes, sometimes they, they get a little bit complicated and it's not really always necessary to be complicated. In fact, I try to simplify everything everywhere I can. The simpler, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Occam's razor, the simplest solution is oftentimes the best, is often the best. Well, I really believe in that. Now, there are certain instances where it just can't be simple. You know, you've got a, you've been married more than once, you have kids. And, you know, you've you got to put a trust together. That's not simple. Yeah, there are lots of issues there. We go through it all the time. And setting stuff like that up, you know, there's, the, uh, uh, there's no magic formula. There's just a lot of hard work. And now they hear the music. That's when I'm going to go work during the commercial break. And I'll see you back here in a couple minutes. I'm ready to grab the wheel and take control. But I'll crash if I don't let myself let go. From the very beginning, on every workday since, at every shift, and every individual effort, we carry a common purpose, a common cause. It's a duty we proudly honor, knowing behind every product we build is your faith in us, dedicated to the craft of gun making, dedicated to your freedom, the quality, security, and the promise of this great country. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. Learn more at smith-wesson.com. Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz. Well, immediately it's not, but we never seen anything happen immediately like today. It's turn the switch on and off. Then why did you give it that name, you lying piece of West Virginia coal? Why did you give it the name Inflation Reduction Act if that wasn't its primary purpose? Why wasn't it called the Climate Change Act? Why didn't you call it Green New Deal 2.0? Because you had to do what you do as a Democrat. Lie to the American people. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on The Answer. And Odyssey. From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's Car Donation Program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. 
Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Um, live in the studio today, so if you want to call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. If you hear something you'd like to know more about, just give me a call in the office, 330-664-0700, or you can go to my website. It's bullingtoncapital.com, and you can just contact us. I'll be glad to try to reach out to you as quickly as I possibly can. And, uh, um, yeah, I think we were just talking a little bit about the same stuff we always talk about. The first 15 minutes, I normally talk about the stock market in general and the regular uh, and the economy. Uh, about halfway through the next segment, I'll start to talk a little bit about fixed income. Did you know that there's about three to four times as much money invested in fixed income as there are in stocks? I'm not sure if people understand that. There's the, the, the bond market is three to four times the size of the stock market. And I get it. I mean, you want to have more money in something that's got a fixed rate of return, something that you can um, semi-count on. Now, it depends on what you're doing, by the way. If you were investing in 30-year treasury bonds, there's a fund out there that invests in bonds that are, are at least 20 years away from maturity. And that fund... Does, peaked. Let's see, what date was that? In, in 2020, it peaked at 179 bucks, and it's at 110 today. 179 to 110. Let's, let's put some bigger numbers on, on that. So that's like going from 1,179,000 to 1,100,000. Big drop, 600,000 bucks. Okay. It's actually about a third. So, and that those are treasury bonds. It's one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of a lot of the bond funds out there because they're they're masking risk. The yield on that is higher than the yields on one or two year bonds typically. It, that's not the case today, but more often than not, the yield was higher, and that's what draws people into those funds who don't really know how the bond market works. But when interest rates go up, bond prices come down. As you can see, this that fund, which is buying and selling bonds, by the way, and they're trying to manage that risk, and it's down by a third. Right, if you compare that to, let's go to, let me see. I want to compare it to the Russell Midcap Index Fund. Okay, this is a stock fund. Not a good comparison, by the way. You're looking at a, a bond fund versus a stock fund. And over that same time period, if you go right before it dropped in 2020, it was a big drop too. The drop was almost 40%. Happened fairly quickly. But since then, it's actually recovered. And right before this last correction, which is also a big correction, 
it's still its current price is still ten and a half percent higher than it was before it dropped in 2020. Think about that for a second. That, that's pretty good. Now, here's another thing I wanted you to think about. This is uh, this just came to me yesterday, and I was sitting around wondering what am I going to talk about on my radio program. Then it dawned on me. I had this conversation not that long ago with with one of my clients, and um, we were talking about the risk involved in stocks. And I said, okay, like, look, if you had one stock, and let's say you had two stocks, they're both at $100 a share. One stock drops by 50%. The other stock is up by 20%. How much money do you have? So let's say you got one share of each. So you got two shares, each share price, 100 bucks. One gets cut in half, the other goes up by 20%. You know how much money you have? Think about it. The 50 plus 20% of 100 is 20 extra, is 120. Yeah, you add the two together and you still got a profit. Even after one stock dropped by half. One stock got cut in half. Okay. And so you've gone from 100 to 200 or, or 200 bucks down to 150 i take it back it, it cuts your loss i was thinking of another example i'm sorry i'll have to get to that other one later but if one stock goes up by 20 percent, that's 120 the other stock gets cut in half it's like 170 so instead of having a 50 percent drop you've cut that drop in half and more so because the other stock was up so instead of if you had all your money in the one stock that went down 50 percent, that's a problem <laughs> that's a big problem so diversifying spreads out the risk. It reduces. And I, I have to apologize. For, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> and it's just gotten started. But the um, uh, but anyway, that, that kind of shows you some of the benefits. And that's just two, you know, having two stocks. One gets cut in half. The other one goes up by 20%. And you're not really down all that much. If you've spread that out over, say, 30 or 40 stocks or 50 stocks, that's what a lot of funds do. That's great. Some of them spread it out over 3,000 stocks. You ever hear of the Russell 3000? That's what that fund does. 3,000 stocks. Now, they don't invest equally in all those either. They put more money in the bigger stocks and less money in the smaller stocks. So if you really want a big exposure to small stocks, that's not the fund. Because it's not going to have nearly as much money. Those stocks are not going to have nearly as much impact as the top 50 stocks will in that fund out of an entire 3,000. The top 50 stocks will have a bigger impact than the bottom 1,000 stocks. So if you want better diversification, that that's not the one. <laughs> you can still get all 3,000 of those stocks, but you, you're going to use different funds to do it. You might use one of the mid-cap index funds. Actually, you might use a couple of them because Standard & Poor's does theirs differently than, than Russell does. And uh, that might help you out. So if you're, and, and again, all this comes down to wh what are your long-term goals? You know, my long-term goal is just not have to go back to work when I quit. <laughs> That's it. Actually, I don't feel like I work much now, so, <laughs> but uh, wouldn't that be great? I mean, that's what everybody wants. Uh, it, let me tell you something. It's stressful getting to this point, <laughs> but uh, I can come in and you know, my days are 
anywhere from six hours to 12. You know, some days I, I don't have control over that very much. But oftentimes I can be in and out of there in six hours. And, uh, there's nothing physical about it. So that's probably the hardest part is getting yourself out and exercising because there's nothing physical. Your, your brain gets worked over pretty good, especially with all these numbers. But uh, uh, anyway, trying to keep it simple, looking at all this stuff. And you know why I, I spent so much time uh, during my career trying to learn all this? I mean, I, I took a Series 3. That's a commodities exam. I took a Series 7. That's a stockbroker's exam. Uh, it, it goes through everything. It goes through, well, not everything. It goes through stocks and bonds and mutual funds, unit investment trusts, and a few other items. It's a long test, by the way. It's seven hours. But the, uh, and then the, the Series 9 and 10, those are two principles exams. That's like supervisory. You're getting really heavy into details. One of them is supervisory for other people. The other is supervising people who do options. Options are incredibly complicated. I would not um, recommend that an average person do that. You don't have time, the time that it takes to, to operate in that market. So then there's a Series 63 and a 65. One of them gets you licensed in all 50 states, and the other one is a registered investment advisor's license. I'm the only person that I've ever met. I, I know other people that have, have done that. I've read about them, but uh, that's not that common that someone would actually go to all that trouble. And quite frankly, I just wanted to know. You know, that, that's why I did it. I wanted to know. I wanted to know, you know, what are the what would be the benefit of having options in your portfolio? How could you? I've heard that you could hedge with that, and that's true. You can hedge with options. It's very difficult in labor-intensive work, and more often than not, you're going to make a mistake. That, that's what I learned most <laughs> working with options is you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes yeah, because you can't. It, it's just so hard to predict the future. Now, if you're an options market maker, that's a different story altogether, and I, and I really don't want to create a lot of um, uh, questions about those because, quite frankly, the vast majority of us don't have time to keep up with the stocks that we own. Uh, so, and that, that's me included, by the way, I, I've invested, I think I only have about 20% of my money now in individual stocks. Uh, I have the same funds I, I talk about on the show here. And, uh, so if you want to see what that looks like, if, if you wanted me to take a look at your portfolio, uh, I can look at it for you. And, and what's really funny is I, I'll have some people send their portfolios over some of them through email and, uh, I'm taking a look at it. And I'm going, wow, okay, these two funds have the exact same stocks in them or they're just so similar that you, you could reduce that down to one, probably uh, save you a little bit of, of gray hair there <laughs> and uh, you know, or your hair in particular. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really, it's funny to see the overlap in a lot of people's uh, portfolios. It, it, it just happens, you know, and it's okay. I'd rather have overlap than underlap. I'd rather be overly diversified and, and cut investing in sim, same companies throughout five or six stocks than to have all my money in a handful of stocks. Because a handful of stocks, you've got to be right. With a handful of stocks, you have to be right. With a, a basket of stocks, you're probably going to be right if you give it enough time. So it's just putting the probabilities a little bit more in your favor. 
I think you're better off. Uh, I would I would rather see you have ten funds that have some overlap in them than to have ten stocks because you know ten stocks is you know is really tough. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to over the years who had more than half of their money in one company, more than half of their money in one company, and that is incredibly dangerous. By the way. And at some point in time, it's, you know, it's not going to be good. The average stock on the New York Stock Exchange, which is the premier stock exchange of the world, fluctuates about 50% a year. Think about that. The average stock fluctuates on average about 50% a year. That's one of the reasons you diversify because they don't all move at the same time at the same pace, no matter what it looks like. That's one of the things that they never talk about on CNBC is that, these stocks are not all moving at the same time and they they never have, and they probably never will. So that that's one of the other benefits of having diversified portfolios, which is super easy to do today. Uh, sticking with it. It's not that easy when you're doing all the right things and the S and P's flying and your portfolio is either flat or down. You have a tendency to feel bad. Um, that's because you're new. <laughs> Because anybody that's been around the market for more than 10 years realizes that's going to happen a lot, like a lot. Okay. And it doesn't mean you're making mistakes. You're not making mistakes. That's the way it works. Sometimes the market likes to reward just those stocks that are going up real fast. That's one of my biggest pet peeves about the market cap weighting, the S&P 500 and those types of indexes. They just put money into the stocks based on their size and how fast they're going up. It's a momentum fund and momentum works really well if you give it enough time, but it's also really volatile. And when it collapses, because most of those top stocks got overpriced and kept going up anyway, because people kept seeing them go up and they just kept buying them, self-fulfilling prophecy, sooner or later that ends. And when it ends, you know, it, it ends badly. Ask anybody that invested in March of 2000. By March of 2003, they were down more than 50%. That's three years. Another thing that the average person in this industry doesn't tell you or doesn't know, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm just going to assume that they don't know. They've never went back to see that, yeah, stocks can go down more than 50%, and it takes more than one year sometimes for them to reach that bottom. And how many times do you hear that from your financial advisor? How many (laughs) times? Not often. I can, I promise. There are some good ones out there and uh, that will tell you that. They'll show you that. And this is why we have bonds, you know, because that way not everything's going down by 50%. Uh, And by the way, when that one finally recovered, it was right around November, 2007. And it started going down again, and by March of 2009, it was down a little over 50% again. So you had a, a 10-year time period there at one point in time, even if you had invested, reinvested all your dividends where you had a negative return. That's great if you are in your 20s or 30s, even 40s, because you're probably still accumulating. You're probably still contributing in that 401k every month and when those share prices go down, your money's buying more shares. That's okay. It's not okay when you're in your late 50s, early 60s, because you may not catch up 
you may not get that money back. And when you see it start to move like that and you realize that you're getting close to retirement, it's a lot easier to make some pretty bad decisions. 95% of investing is psychological. 95%. 5% is knowing what to do. 5%. So now, again, it's like trying to bake your bread and you don't have that yeast. That 5% is really important. (laughs) But, It's not the end-all, be-all. you got to have everything else in place, too. 95% of it is knowing what you should do, and then the 5% is actually doing it, you know? So it's a, uh, um, I don't know, I I didn't have it easy uh, growing up. You know, my dad was a non-union carpenter. Uh, I had to go to college on a football scholarship, and a lot of people thought, yeah, that's pretty easy, as I'm sitting here and all those injuries are aching right now. Not an easy thing to do. So, uh, but, and I just forgot completely where I was going with that. So I'm just going to skip it. (laughs) I will tell you this. This is one of the reasons that the fixed indexed annuity products are so important now. And I got about 60 seconds before I have to take a commercial break. I got a caller. So if he doesn't mind hanging on, uh, I'll get back to him right after the commercial break. But that's where these, uh, that's where fixed annuities can really help these days. Because you do get a you get a guaranteed rate. You got to be careful. You want to make sure you stay with, you know, highly rated insurance companies, uh, minimally A rated. I don't like to go below A at all. I'd rather an A plus. But the uh, uh, it can really help out, especially in that fixed income area where you know you see the the bond funds are down so much, and we bought you buy bond funds because you don't expect them to drop, and when you've got the right wrong type of bond fund and they're going to go down and even the the short-term bond funds are fine that's what you really need to do stick with short term understand they're still going to fluctuate they just won't fluctuate nearly as much as longer term bonds will now they hear the music that means i got to take a commercial break this is bill bullington right here on 1420 stay tuned i'll be right back My weakest moment I see you Shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook. Vacation Fixation. I'll always remember Andy's first words to me. I didn't even know we had an ad on Craigslist. 
Not good when you're calling about a Craigslist job posting. Despite that, we talked for hours and Andy hired me right there on the spot. I was the first non-family member plumber in the business, but it felt like I was immediately adopted into their family. It still feels that way for me and everybody at Why It Works. It's why Mama Ruth still cooks breakfast for everyone. The best part of being a plumber here is the support you get from everybody. One of the earliest solo jobs I had was working in a mansion with a huge indoor pool and a super fancy water heater system. So I called Andy for some advice. He dropped what he was doing, drove over an hour and a half, and trained me and showed me what to do. And that's not an exception. That's typical. That's why we want to get things wallacadoodle perfect for our customers. I'm Jamal, and if you're a plumber that wants in, skip the Craigslist ad, call us direct. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit Joyce Factory. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every morning from Saturday, 11 to noon on Saturday. I'll tell you, this whole uh, day has been kind of uh, messed up. The uh, um, On my way here, I lost the material <laughs> that I was going to do. So I've been trying to do this from memory, and as you can see, that isn't that doesn't work that well, especially when you have a whole bunch of statistics that you wanted to go over. So if you if you list, tune back in next week, and uh, I will definitely have the material there because there's some pretty important stuff that's coming up here relatively quickly. In fact, it's September, and we're starting to get together the 72 when for everybody that's 72 this year. Uh, that has to take a, a distribution from their IRAs. Um, we can't do the calculation for you, by the way. I have to tell you that. Uh, you have to be a licensed tax preparer to give out tax advice now. And we're lic- we're registered investment advisors. It's not the same thing. So, But we can help you. We can uh, direct you. A lot of the custodians will help you with that. But you got to remember, you're doing it for all your IRAs. A lot of people, I, I see this mistake a lot. They, they've got money at, let's say, I don't know, Fidelity, and then they've got money some other places at a local bank or whatever, and it's in an IRA, and they only take out the money from Fidelity because Fidelity sends out a notice and says, here's how much you have to take. Well, you have to include the money from your IRA personally. Fidelity doesn't know you have an account at a local bank. They have no idea. All they know is what they have on file with them. So if you don't get that number and add it up, then uh, you could be, you know, could find yourself in, in a little bit of a jam. Anyway, I'm going to take a real quick call here. If you'd like to call in 216-901-0945. And uh, this is, uh, is this JR? This is JR William. Hey. Professor, uh, good to chat with you for, for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, all right. All righty. Well, you don't, you will not need any prepared material for this, uh, Bill, okay. <laughs> because this is going to, uh, be more of an extemporist, uh, soliloquy on your part. Okay. However, uh, you talk about fixed income instruments and right. how, as, uh, as we mature, I'm now 70 years old, how we should be more 
towards them as opposed to the equities. And I think all of us have seen what uh, the last two years can do to the equities market uh, without political uh, commentary, sure. right. of course. Yep. Um, however, as, a, as as an individual, say if they have a multi-million or say a million and a half dollar real estate portfolio, could that be used to substitute for bond ladders or uh, fixed income holdings, or would you advise strongly against that? Because no, absolutely not. You know, everybody is different, and here's okay. So, my uh, when you take the test to become a uh, fiduciary, registered investment uh-huh. advisor, okay, uh-huh. th- that's taught in the material. You have to customize uh-huh. your recommendations, and you have to try to act uh-huh. in your client's best interests. Now, if in okay. a lot of people only have real estate, and that's that's all they've done, that's all they've ever done, and I I know several of them that are multimillionaires. Uh-huh. Why, why would they ever even go into the stock market? They, they don't. Uh-huh. They, the only Health reason diversification, diversification and growth. Uh, yes, you could. I mean, you could make that point, and they're generating about ten times their average monthly expenses in the rents that they get on their properties. Correct. They correct. don't. They don't need. <laughs> they don't have to have the diversification if they don't want to. Okay. You know, and those, and yeah, they're rare. Um, those are rare. Absolutely. But you have to look at each situation, and that's that's the thing about being a, a registered investment advisor. You have to you have to talk to everybody, and you can't make a blanket recommendation saying everybody should do this. It doesn't. Of not. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, so each each situation is going to be a little bit different. And uh, I've known a lot of people. I look in and go, why would you ever invest in the stock market? In fact, one of the uh, there's a family I know of and have talked with some of the family members, they're worth hundreds of millions. Okay. They have nothing but treasuries. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and you well, know treasuries what? Are, if you look at treasuries their... Treasuries are fixed, Bill, but, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have no stock. They have no stock whatsoever. Any right. any loose cash has gone into treasuries. I right. see what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. fine, you know, because you know why? They, they would have never uh, been comfortable enough to be successful putting money in stocks because they have a really big business. It's huge. You would recognize okay. it if I told you what it was, but I can't because I don't have permission. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Of course not. Of course not. But, the, uh, but you, you so would definitely recognize it. And they're, uh, they, don't, they don't really need to take that, that kind of risk. And, and they don't want to. They're not comfortable with it. So you know what's the best thing for them? Treasuries. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's if if say a person is, is pretty comfortable, we'll, we'll say then, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with in, investing in the stock market or uh, no. money in uh, in mutual, not mutual funds, but ETFs. But uh, so the uh, commentary as far as putting money into uh, fixed equities is not necessarily applicable, applicable if uh, real estate is a significant part of the portfolio. Is that that fair? Well, it like I said, I, I'd have to look at e- we're we're trained to look at each situation and really put the okay. numbers behind it. Uh, and so here's what they really get upset about uh, auditors. Okay, so if somebody has uh, they're barely getting by and their Social Security is not quite covering, maybe they come up a hundred dollars short on their monthly 
expenses just to live. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. then and then somebody comes and puts they've got a hundred thousand dollars saved and they put the whole thing in a stock account. That's a sure, red flag. Sure. You know, that that's oh, that, that's not gonna fly. So yeah. uh, even if the if, and if the client asks you and begs you to do that, okay, you, you have to turn them down. <laughs> Sure. You have sure. to actually let them go. So it's just not a prudent, not a prudent right. thing to do for people that need that money to live on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. So okay. Well, I, I appreciate your your honesty and your answer. I mean, I just was curious because so much of this has been done about you know said about well, as you get get on in years, you want to put it into a fixed income, but I wonder it's not one size fits all. Of right. Course. Yeah. Nope. Everybody. Okay. Everybody's different. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay. Thank you, thank well, you, Bill. Have well, a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, we spend an awful lot of our time uh, trying to evaluate, you know, what's best for you. They're, these questionnaires, and everybody has to do it now, by the way. the uh, They've got, that's why there's these questionnaires are so intrusive. If, or people feel like they are, I look at it and go, wow, as you, you've got to know an awful lot about somebody today to be able to act as a financial advisor uh, everybody's required now to work in your best interests. I remember 20 years ago, um, there was this thing called suitability. If you were, if, if you could make an argument for it was suitable based on what you knew, it didn't have to be in their best interest. So that's kind of changed. You're supposed to try to operate as best as you can in someone's best interest. And that's, that's why it's so uh, difficult for a lot of people. Some people find it really difficult to uh, give away their financial information. I don't want to tell this guy what my budget is. I, you know, I don't want to have to tell him what I get on Social Security and what kind of pensions I have and uh, what my investments are worth. All right, well, that's called doing it yourself. You, you have, you've got to fly, uh, fly solo if you're going to do that. And that's fine. You know. And in fact, we'll come back to that as soon as we get this phone call from Joe. Hey, Joe, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Yes, Bill. I've enjoyed you for for decades, and uh, I used you one of your first jobs, I guess, when you were a brokerage downtown Cleveland. <laughs> but I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I've listened to you over the years, and I hear you talking about diversification. And I've always uh, done my own investing. Haven't used any uh, professional planners. Right. I've met you a couple of times. Okay. Uh, and, and you've always talked about, like I say, this diversification that's really helped me. And uh, I, I've been very, very fortunate. I've been stupid and fortunate. Uh, when the stock market went down, I didn't realize it. I just stayed in my mutual funds for my IRAs. And I've been very, very lucky and, uh, and fortunate over the years uh, from some uh, other uh, sources of, of resources of information. And listening to you also over the years, I have to give you a, a thousand kudos uh, oh. for the great radio show and the seminars that you've put on over the years. Well, thanks. I really uh, appreciate I, that. Uh, and I've noticed in a couple of years recently, you have changed. Uh, maybe, maybe you're selling these. Uh, uh, oh, the fixed I mean, indexed products? Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's because the... Uh, Bond interest rates went so low, you know, you couldn't, back when I first started, you could get, when I first started, you could get a CD that was paying 10%. Yeah. And they 
they just kept going down and down and down and, <laughs> and uh, boy, they you know it, it's just been really really tough, and that does make a a big difference if you can go. I think one of the products I use now, if you're in your 70s, the distribution rate, that's the income that they'll they'll guarantee for you. It's like 6.5% or so. Um, that's really hard to get. That's still hard to get. And it's a and the older you get, um, if you wait, it actually goes higher. So if you didn't need to take it right away, I think it, uh, one company will guarantee that each year that you put it off, it's kind of like Social Security. It goes up by, uh, it was going up 7%. Now it's going up. I don't know, seven or eight or nine, somewhere in that neighborhood. I have to go back and look it up. So it just gives you, that's like your base. You know, okay, this this is going to be my base. I'm going to use that money to pay help pay for my basic living expenses. And then your other investments you can use for uh, other things. If you don't really need it and the market goes down, well, you can wait. You can afford it. And that's uh, that's what we're trying to achieve there. Because you don't want to have to sell something to pay for your living expenses when it's down. You know, that, 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 that's a big no-no. <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, I've gone to some other seminars with other people also. And uh, I, like I say, I've been very, very lucky all these years. Uh, no boy. Well, that's great. Uh, well, well, thanks, Joe. I'm actually going to have to run because you can hear the music. That means they're getting ready to kick me out of here. <laughs> look forward to you starting one of your seminars one of these days again, Bill. And okay. I want to shake your hand for everything. Thank you. All right. You. Thank you. This is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.